This is the Alden Report. Hey, it's Mike Alden. I hope you're enjoying the Alden Report as much as I am. I love bringing to you new and exciting people that add value to your life. I'm also super excited to announce my latest book, Best Seller Secrets. Listen, if you're an author, maybe you're thinking about writing a book, maybe you've already written a book, maybe you're an entrepreneur and you want to continue to grow your brand, maybe you're an entrepreneur and you want to bring in more leads, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you wrote a, a cookbook or a children's book, maybe you wrote a, a fantasy book, a self-help book, a tell-all book, a novel, it doesn't really matter. In my latest book, Best Seller Secrets, I give you all the information that I've literally spent millions of dollars trying to figure this thing out and I'm going to give it to you absolutely free with my book bestseller secrets go to bestsellersecretsbook.com again it's bestsellersecretsbook.com i give you all the information that i've spent literally millions of dollars trying to figure this whole world out my books have gone on to do amazing things i'm a three-time wall street journal usa today best-selling author i've hit number one on amazon hundreds of times my books have been the number one book in the world against all books in every category and i've also done this for other authors, and I'm giving you this information absolutely free. Just go to bestsellersecretsbook.com. You got to pay a small processing fee, but it doesn't really matter again because I've spent millions of dollars. And here's the other secret you can do all this stuff yourself. If you don't have a team, that's okay. If you don't have a lot of time, that's okay. You read the information in my book again, whether you just started writing a book, whether you've written the book, whether you wrote the book years ago, and you want to kind of resurrect it. In my book, Bestseller Secrets, I show you exactly what you need to do, and I'm giving you the book absolutely free. Go to bestsellersecretsbook.com, download the book, take that information, use it to become a bona fide, legitimate, number one bestseller. I show you how to become a number one bestseller in less than 24 hours. And again, I'm giving you this information for free. Go to bestsellersecretsbook.com. Again, it's bestsellersecretsbook.com. This is the Alden Report. So um, let's talk about faith a, a little bit. So I'm uh, not a super religious guy. Uh, I, it's funny. I, I joke around. I say um, uh, I was baptized Catholic. My mom converted to Protestant uh, and, I, <laughs> and I almost married a Jewish girl. And, um, <laughs> and so and then, you know, and then when you think about and and and. Um, well, a company I used to work at was kind of like taken over by Scientology. And, and so, but I, I'm the type of person too, where I look at uh, everything and just try and find that silver lining or try and just learn from it. Right. So when, mm -hmm. you know, when Scientology was kind of taken over my old company and all these Scientologists were coming in and I'm meeting with these people and I'm talking to them. And for a lot of people, it just seems like a whacked out thing. Um, but I was like, huh, you know, let me just learn from them and let me just listen to them and just see if there's, you know, some, some tidbits there and their faith is just different than traditional Catholicism and Judaism and, 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 um, you know, the Muslim faith. So, um, when we talk about faith, uh, in a, in a religious sense, and for those who just are, um, you know, are agnostic and they just don't believe in anything. What do you say to those people who don't believe in anything? Like they don't believe there is a higher power or they just don't believe in the, uh, in the true, in the true essence of the word faith of having faith that things will in fact work out. If, if you do, you know, put, you know, put things in place to kind of make those things happen. You know, obviously as a man of faith, I'm extremely biased, right? I'm going to say, I know uh, I want to hear it. Yeah. That, that I think that faith, uh, is the substance of things hoped for, but it is 
also the evidence of what we cannot see, right? So, so faith doesn't come with proof. Otherwise, it isn't faith. And then it allows us uh, to believe in the unseen, uh, to have, have a belief system in the unknown, and then look at our surrounding worlds and say, um, although I haven't seen this God or this, uh, this religious leader, uh, there has to be something responsible for the sun uh, coming up every day and the moon shining every night and, and the repetition of grass growing and the birds chirping and, and the water flowing. And, and, and how is our planet positioned so perfectly that if we were uh, a few miles closer, we would burn to death and just a few miles away, uh, we would freeze to death. And with all of the different planets, why are we not on Mars or Neptune, but right on Earth, which is the only planet situated uh, perfectly for a variance of temperature? There are a lot of things that I believe prove the fact that there is a higher power and a being uh, that is supreme. Uh, in the absence of people who don't like to use the word faith, I like to boil it down for people who may just be tiptoeing in these waters and just say, okay, well, let's just talk about knowledge and wisdom, right? Um, and, and wisdom, see, well, I'll say it this way. Knowledge is knowing that the tomato is a fruit. Uh, but wisdom says you don't put the tomato on the fruit salad, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you, 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 you know what it is, but you know where not to put it. And I've learned over my life that they're very, very polarizing conversations. And two of the most difficult ones you can have is the one that regards religion or faith and the one that regards politics. And so what I like to do is let's say, let's step out of those waters, right? And, and, and you believe in uh, um, a being, if you will, that is ruler or, or creator of the world. I use faith, Mike, to just about do everything. But I also understand for the person who says that church stuff is too much. The Bible that I read says faith without works is dead. So there is a cognitive intellectual ability that is also necessary in life. And I never want to get to a place where I'm so faithful that I forget to be intellectual, that God actually gave us a brain, one that is supposed to think and to reason and to rationalize and to create. And at its essence, the closer you become creative, the closer you actually become to God because God was a creator. He said, let there be light and there was light. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the waters. He created people. He created animals and then gave a subordinate called human the ability to manage what he did not create. God gives us the ability to manage an earth that we didn't even help to create. So the, cre the more creative we are, I think the more and this is going to sound crazy because it may not come from most preachers, but the, the more creative we become, the more like God we become, the more we use our, our, our voices to speak things into existence and to create things with our words. You can create income with your words. You can create a following. My entire YouTube channel is nothing more than creative thought and mind and spoken word. And this is how the God of the universe created the earth. So the more you get into that, the more like God you are. This mysticism uh, is what we have to deal with because most people think that when you are talking about faith, you have to talk about speaking in tongues and worshiping and uh, uh, shouting and dancing. 
And those are just, listen, those are just expressions of faith. And I denounce any ideology or mindset that would have people to believe that that is actually what faith is, that you can be faithful and a man of faith sitting in your studio behind the microphone with dope sunglasses and a beanie on. 99 cent can, sunglasses. Just 99 cent sunglasses. <laughs> and I can put on a thousand dollar suit and a tie and it doesn't make me any more faithful than you. Right. It does not make me any more of a, a man of faith than you. It's a matter of the heart. And do you love people? I was asked today in an earlier interview about does, does our church accept people and of different cultures and creeds and, and colors and, and sexual orientation. I looked at the young gentleman on the phone and I said, are you human? And he said, yeah. I said, well, then you're welcome. And he said, you know what? I've never heard that because faith seems to be so polarizing and it divides us. And you got the Protestants and the Catholics and, and the Baptists and the Church of God in Christ. And you have the, the Methodists and, and you have all of that. And I say, but that's all man-made. Because nowhere in the Bible did God say he was a Baptist or a Protestant or a Catholic. He was uh, uh, the word flesh and he became a human. And all he did was tell us to love one another. Right. To love one another. That's faith. Loving one another. Not just knowing each other, but loving each other and being tolerant of each other and, 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 and doing the best for people and hoping and sharing and caring. That's the faith, Mike, that I represent. That's the faith that I speak. That's the faith that I preach. And doggone it, that's the faith I believe. Man, that, that, that's so, it's just such powerful stuff. And, and I, you know, I, I could end it there, but I, I, I don't want to, cause I want to, I want to maybe get, you know, uh, a little controversial, I think maybe, I don't know if it's controversial, but you know, you know, you, you'd said that the, the two polarizing things, everyone says, well, you never want to bring up religion and you never want to bring up politics at like dinner with new people. Right. So, um, <laughs> and obviously we're, you know, I feel like we're kind of coming out of this political just chaos um, but, but so why is it though? And I don't know that you have the answer, but I just like to ask you is why is it though that, you know, when you look at world history and there are just you know, millions of people have just been, have been murdered and, and just in, and destroyed because of their belief system and this other belief system that they felt as though was better than the other belief system. Right. So, so why is it though, as human beings, that we have to, or we we're, we're so stuck on our faith is better than someone else's faith. Like what, what's the, what's the, the, the psychological thing going on there? Like why I see, I'm, you know, like I'm the type of person, like, like kind of like, you know, I'd love to go to your church one day if we can, if I can, um, you know, get on a plane and um, but like, why is it that people are like that? You know, it, it it's, it's such a, I don't know, man. It, it's, it, I think it's the biggest thing that, that is, is really kind of hurting humanity. We're just, we just can't like, I just really, I know I'm kind of rambling, but this whole thing too, like about masks, no masks, right. About mm -hmm. vaccination versus no vaccination. Okay. Look, you don't believe in the vaccination. Fine. doesn't really bother me. You know, you don't want to wear a mask. Okay, fine. I'm not going to freak out and hate. You. I have a friend, uh, I, uh, who, um, uh, you know, I, I voted for Biden. Right. Uh, and I, yeah. and I have a friend who was just a total nut Trump, Trump guy. Right. But he's a good friend and we have conversations and we even debate a little bit about politics. And I have other friends too, that we talk about religion and, you know, I, you know, kind of debate with them, but I don't hate them. 
And I don't, I don't, I don't get mad at them. And I don't want to just take to the streets and I don't want to burn buildings down. Like, why can't we just get along pastor? Like what's yeah. You know why? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I I get that question a lot, and I really believe this. Man. I want the answer. Right? I want the answer right now. I'm gonna <laughs> give you an answer. This is my truth. This is my truth. While everybody is having a faith discussion behind the principle of actually being spiritual at heart and nature, the truth is, is America and many other nations, if not all nations, like we're way judgmental way, way more judgmental than we are spiritual. People just love to judge and right. people just love to be right. They love to be right. And, and people are less tolerant than, than they've ever been before. I live in Texas. Our governor just said that you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And that by March 10th, all businesses are able to, um, to be occupied at 100%. Okay. Now, I've sat at the bedsides of people who've had loved ones that have died of COVID and they couldn't go into the hospital and see their loved one die because of COVID protocol. Right. Okay. And, and I am not this guy who argues uh, publicly about whether you should be vaccinated or should not or whether you should wear a mask or you should not. I follow what I believe helps the greater good of humanity. My mother taught me this. She said, and I use this as a principle for everything. She says, I'd rather have God and not need him than to need him and not have him. And let me give you the back end. I think that's one of the most powerful things she ever taught me. She said, say for instance, if I believe in God and he's not real, Say, for instance, it was all a hoax, that it wasn't a real thing. She said, then if he's not real, I'll die and I'll be in the ground and nothing will happen. But what if he is real? What if he is real? So if he isn't real, what do I lose if I choose to believe? But if he is real and I choose not to believe, I lose everything. I applied that to the mask. Okay, you say there is no virus? Fine, there is no virus. But if there is one, then how is wearing the mask harmful? You see what I mean by that? Oh, uh, so, listen, we're, we're on this. We're on the, we're on the same thought process there, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I always so, say about the mask. I say you, I, my my response is I I say, what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? If you're wrong, if, if you're wrong, then I'm right. But if you're right, then I still did nothing wrong <laughs> because wearing a mask will not harm you in any way. And barring you have any kind of clinical illness, you wearing one will not harm me. But on right. the merits of it, the, 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 the discussion that I'm having is that my position has always come from what does the most good for the person outside of me. So wearing a mask helps the person outside of me no matter what a person thinks. We are such a divided country and we pretend like we're a Christian nation and we say that we go by the scripture and all those kinds of things. And Mike, what you have to understand, and I know you do, and I say this to the listeners, the younger generation 
looks at what is happening in America right now and they're disgusted. There's a guy named Dr. Antipas Harris that wrote a book called Is Christianity White? Is Christianity the White Man's Religion? He interviews a group of um, millennials and they said, and this is the answer to the question, they said, it isn't God that I have a problem with. <laughs> My real problem is with the people that say they represent them. Yeah. The faith is taking a hit, not because of God, but because of people. Because we can't seem to get along. We can't seem to forgive each other. We can't seem to love each other. We can't seem to understand that you being blue and me being red doesn't mean we're enemies. And you being Democrat and you being Republican doesn't mean that we can't get along. And I know a lot of people do get that differentiation. We have these discourse and agreements, disagreements, not because of the majority of people, but because a small minority of people who have banded together and have made their voice louder than the majority of people who really do just want to get along. Yeah. You know, man, it's just like, I just love, you know, this discussion and I, and I, you know, and I, I know that you obviously want that and a lot of people want that, but it is just really scary, you know, that, that I just don't understand why. Look, man, I, I, I'm i a kid from the streets, right? I, I you know, yeah. beat people up. I've been beat up. We just fought and like, you know, I, I guess then maybe I hated them. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I guess I'm in a different place in, in life. And, and, um, and I just... You know, we didn't, you know, get into like race relations. It just, it, it drives me crazy, man. Like, I just don't understand why people have to be so divided. I don't under, maybe also because of just the way I've trained as a lawyer to kind of see both sides. I don't necessarily have mm -hmm. to agree. I, I, you know, like I, I didn't have to agree with anything you just said, but it doesn't, right. uh, you know what I mean? That's okay. You know what I mean? It's okay to not agree with each other. That's the thing. It's just right. like people get so bananas and so crazy about things and, 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 and religion. And a lot of this stuff always seems to be like rooted in religion. You know, like when you think about, again, this, you, this, you probably didn't know where you were going to go. I didn't know we we're going to go on this road. I told you when we first started, I just, yeah, I just man, go, based go off the, I just go based off the conversation. But you know, when you hear about, you know, extreme extremists within the Islamic faith and they'll, and you know, and they're like, you know, everybody who's, who follows that is just a terrorist. And it's like, no man, like that's, that's not the case. I mean, it's really hard. I think it's really hard for them here because of what happened with nine 11. I think a lot of people are going to have a difficult time getting over that, but it doesn't mean you have to hate somebody who's wearing a hijab right. or, 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 or who, who is, you know, practicing that faith. Okay. So well, okay. see, let, let, let me say this, Mike, see, that's interesting because we have selective amnesia. Mm -hmm. Because you could have an individual who's hated because they share similarities with the religion that is responsible for causing one of the most bloodiest and deadliest days in America. Mm -hmm. And we should never forget. We should always honor our veterans. We should always honor our first responders, we should always honor the people who responded on that day. And that day should remain sacred because of the 3000 plus lives that we lost that day. Right. And we will write off a whole religion because there were 17 people who associated with that religion and Al Qaeda and all of these extreme terrorist groups who will, um, who will, who will tout their religion as the reason why they did what they did. But then those same people won't look back 400 years and realize that it was Christians that used the Bible to enslave African-Americans. Right. And that we won't write off the whole Christian religion 
um, and 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 say, nope, we, we won't ever deal with Christians again because they they were inhumane and created four centuries of atrocities for a group of people and of which I happen to be a part of and that that group of people was considered to be uh, a third human and, 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 and all of those things. So we have selective amnesia when we decide who we're gonna be upset with because all anger is always directed towards the person outside of the group. And so when we have uh, these infighting and this anger that's going on in America, it's, it's, it's also symptomatic of what happens in relationship. Why, why do two people get a divorce? Because they couldn't agree on the merit of some sort of discussion or some ideology. Do we discipline kids or not? Do we save money or do we not? And, and the person who refuses to be right and the person who refuses to be wrong is right. So it's a behavior that is reflective of entitlement. And we are um, a people uh, that because America is so great, we've become entitled uh, to certain expectations. And we're always right on the world stage and we're always supreme on the world stage and we always are more moral on the world stage. And that isn't always true about us as a collective group of people. So I say that being more tolerant and more loving and more understanding is the answer to all the woes that you and I are discussing and having conversations like this out loud so that people can observe those and understand that there are other ways to solve conflict other than arguments and fighting and war and, 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 and name calling and, and all of that stuff. We could just, as Rodney King said it, can't we all just get along? I, no. That's just my perspective. Yeah, that you know, um, you know, again, I could end it there, but I, I do. I, uh, uh, so we've been on with uh, with Pastor Keon Henderson. He is the CEO uh, and founder of the Lighthouse Church. He's also the author of The Shift: Courageously Moving from Season to Season. And we ha- we actually didn't meet, uh, but we were connected. Uh, through clubhouse and i just saw what he was doing i you know i googled him he googled me do all we do all a little bit of research on each other uh and, and he decided to come on here and and really just you know share with us a, a lot of different things and i'm just really you know honored to, to have you here and and we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours but i'd like to just shift <laughs> real quick and ask you because as an author and myself and someone who actually helps other authors uh marketing their books i like to talk to other authors and kind of end uh the segment uh about what they've done you know to 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 really just i mean to sell a bunch of books and to, and to market the books um I think I kind of probably know the answer. You have a built-in audience. You, you know, the Lighthouse Church is is as a as a massive following, but but you maybe you could share with the with the viewers and listeners um, who are authors or maybe who are thinking about writing a book about what you did uh, to really kind of get your book out there. Other than the fact that it's just the content's great, but is there were there some things that you did, uh, you know, uh, to to really kind of get your book out there? Absolutely, I, I did do some things on purpose and. Um, I would say to anybody who has an audience, if you think that you're going to sell a lot of books because you have an audience, you're going to fail because only 20% of the people we found that are already with you will patronize your next project. So you're going to have 80% of the people who follow you who won't read the book because they already think they know everything you have to say about every subject. 
So when you release a book, you have to simultaneously be expanding your audience because it's the new people who will be intrigued by what you have to say next. So we were expanding our audience while we were releasing the book, going into markets that we would not normally go in and have conversations with people who we would not normally have conversations with because it is the new voice or the squeaky wheel that gets the oil. So don't depend on your audience to help you sell books no more than you should depend on your family to help your business succeed because they're going to ask you for free services. Hmm. So you have to expand your audience at the same time. That's number one. Number two, you have to talk about the book long after you're comfortable because you think that everybody knows about the book because you said it in the first six weeks. And sometimes it takes a long time for somebody to hear your original message. So you have to be repetitive. You have to uh, say things over and over again. And we can say uh, whatever we want about the former president. One of the things that I learned about him is that uh, there's a story told about him that when he built one of his buildings or uh, was in, involved in one of the building processes, uh, it's said that he had a, a meeting uh, with a one page agenda and they repeated that one page agenda. And, and I don't know if I have the numbers right. Hundreds of times they had meeting after meeting after meeting. And they repeated the same thing hundreds of times. The first time he spoke the one sheet to them. The next 50 times they went over it together. And then the last 50 times they had to say it to him. And he knew they had it when they could regurgitate what he had fed them. It taught me that in order for a message to get across, you have to be willing to repeat it. You have to be willing to repeat it. It's like people who are, and I know you've had some dealings with this in direct sales, that if you are disheartened by somebody telling you no, then you're never gonna succeed. I say that in order to get to one yes, you have to be willing to be told no 10 times. You're gonna get one yes for every 10 no's. So you just stay with it and you take your target number and say, I want to sell a hundred thousand books. Then that means you have to be willing for a million people to ignore you. Yeah. And how do you get in front of a million people? You have to have a strategy to get in front of 10 million because the other 9 million won't even know that you existed. So I hurry up and get to my nose because I know the law of averages says that after I get past that ninth no, I've got a yes on the other side of it. That was the strategy that we used. And we did it over and 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 made it a part of our conversation and dialect over and over again. And, um, you know, I almost a thousand views on Amazon. I don't know how that happened. I don't know where they came from. That's mm -hmm. amazing to me. And, and um, you know, for me, it's not about the book sales. It's about the impact that I have on people's lives. And for me, that's the payment. Yeah, uh, it's it's amazing what you've done with the book. Thank you again for spending all this uh, all this time with us. Uh, I'm just super blessed to have you here. We're gonna probably we definitely have to break this up into into two segments, I think. Uh, but the, you know, as we said when we first before we started recording, we weren't really sure where we we're gonna go with this. Uh, but you know, the the information that you've given us uh, has just really been awesome. I I'm inspired uh, by you. I, I love what you're doing. And again, when um, 
when COVID does kind of cool down and I am able to travel, I'd love to come out and see you. I'd love to come out and see your church. We've been on with uh, Pastor Keon Henderson. He is the founder and CEO of the Lighthouse Church. He's also the author of The Shift, Courageously Moving from Season to Season. Here it is right here for those of you who are uh, watching this right now. It's available everywhere. Uh, you can also just go right to his website, Pastor Keon. Uh, K-E-I-O-N.com. He's also on Instagram, Pastor Keon. You just Google him. You just Google the church. Um, he's he's a man of faith, uh, but he's also a real person. He's a real guy. He gave us real answers. And this is why I love having people like Pastor Keon on the Alden Report, giving us real information um, that can help us in all walks of life, whether it's business, whether it's your personal life. And even the last thing he just gave us about, you know, how he marketed his book, the strategy that he just gave us can work for anything in any business. Uh, and uh, because the, the, law, the, the law of numbers <laughs> just makes sense, right? You know, uh, and so again, I want to thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, my name is Michael Alden. That is Pastor Keon H- Henderson, and we'll see you soon. Hey, it's Mike Alden. I hope you're enjoying the Alden Report as much as I am. I love bringing to you new and exciting people that add value to your life. I'm also super excited to announce my latest book, Best Seller Secrets. Listen, if you're an author, maybe you're thinking about writing a book, maybe you've already written a book, maybe you're an entrepreneur and you want to continue to grow your brand, maybe you're an entrepreneur and you want to bring in more leads, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you wrote a, a cookbook or a children's book, maybe you wrote a, a fantasy book, a self-help book, a tell-all book, a novel, it doesn't really matter. In my latest book, Best Seller Secrets, I give you all the information that I've literally spent millions of dollars trying to figure this thing out and i'm going to give it to you absolutely free with my book bestseller secrets go to bestsellersecretsbook.com again it's bestsellersecretsbook.com i give you all the information that i've spent literally millions of dollars trying to figure this whole world out my books have gone on to do amazing things i'm a three-time wall street journal USA Today bestselling author. I've hit number one on Amazon hundreds of times. My books have been the number one book in the world against all books in every category. And I've also done this for other authors. And I'm giving you this information absolutely free. Just go to bestsellersecretsbook.com. You got to pay a small processing fee, but it doesn't really matter again, because I've spent millions of dollars. And here's the other secret. You can do all this stuff yourself. If you don't have a team, that's okay. If you don't have a lot of time, that's okay. You read the information in my book. Again, whether you just started writing a book, whether you've written the book, whether you wrote the book years ago, and you want to kind of resurrect it, in my book, Bestseller Secrets, I show you exactly what you need to do, and I'm giving you the book absolutely free. Go to bestsellersecretsbook.com, download the book, take that information, use it to become a bona fide, legitimate number one bestseller. I show you how to become a number one bestseller in less than 24 hours. And again, I'm giving you this information for free. Go to bestsellersecretsbook.com. Again, it's bestsellersecretsbook.com.